Okay, good morning. So again, good morning. It is time to continue the garments of the priests that they wore in the Mishkan and later in the temple. We discussed yesterday in detail the aphodes, which was the apron worn on the back. We discussed the mi'il, which is a long robe. And now we come to the third, uh, and inside the in the choshen, right, with the stones that had the uh, the urivetumim, the parchment with the name of God on it, that would give answers to the Jewish people in times of communal need, if they should go to war, the division of the land, etc. And now we come to the garment called the mi'il. The mi'il is the robe that was worn by the Kohen Gadol, but in addition to the tunic. He wore a long, beautiful blue robe made out of turquoise wool, um, made out of 12 strands, just, but just of turquoise. And the top of it was a, um, a special opening. It uh, was not like a ripped opening. It was like made into a hem. The Torah specifically says it could not be torn on the top. It had to be woven that way with, a, with an opening. And on the bottom, there was 36 pomegranates and bells. This is a very interesting discussion or debate, the famous debate between Rashi and the Ramban. According to Rashi, when the Torah says that there was, it says the words in the Torah are, there was on the hem of this long robe, there was, um, there was, let me find the words, there was embroidered out of uh, the different colors of embroidery, there was these Ramonim, these de- decorative hollow bells. And there were golden bells within them all around. Which Rashi explains to mean that in between each decorative, hollow, embroidered pomegranate was a golden bell. So if you're looking at the bottom of the hem of the Kohen Gadol's robe, there was a pomegranate, a bell, a pomegranate, a bell, a pomegranate, a bell, 36 on each on each side. 36 bells, 36 pomegranates in the front, and 36 in the back. So it's a lot of bells, a lot of pomegranates in between them, like, you know, that one after the other. The Ramban has it's a, it's a famous debate. He basically explains that the bells were not in between the pomegranates, but they were inside the pomegranates. Meaning, according to the Ramban, says, why would God tell us to make pomegranates that are meaningless? They have no uh, value. If you say different decoration, they should have made apples, like on the menorah was apples. Anyway, I don't get too into it. But the point is, according to the Ramban, there was 36 bells, pomegranates on the front and on the back, but inside each one was the bell. So the pomegranates themselves had a bell inside that made them make noise. The point is that when Aaron would walk into the holy, everyone would hear the voice of the high priest coming and going, and everyone would understand to have the proper respect. If I remember correctly, but from memory, it also says that the angels should hear the voice of the, the, not the voice, but the sounds of the bells, you know, tinkling as he was walking. All those bells were tingling away to hear the sound of the bells and that the angels would know to run away before the presence of the Kayin God that was so holy. Anyway, here the, something very interesting. The Torah says to us that if the priest, if the Kayin God will walk in without these three garments, he should make sure to wear them because if he walks in and walks out without wearing them, he will die. So unlike the other garments that the Kohen Gadol only uh, would die if he did the divine service without wearing them, these three garments, the ephod, the choshen, and the me'il, if you would walk into the temple without wearing them and then walk out without doing any divine service, that was enough for him to be deserving of death 
for not entering the holy of the sanctuary with the proper respect and the clothing he needed. Okay, then we come to the fourth unique garment of the Kohen Gadol, which is the tzitz. The tzitz is the forehead plate. How was the forehead plate made? It was a piece of plated out gold, two, ham- two fingers uh, wide, went from one side of the forehead all the way to the other side of the forehead, and from the back side was engraved into the tzitz, the words kodesh lahashem, which means holy to God. But it was engraved from the back side so that it would pop out to the front. Normally when you engrave in something, it's, you know, it's recessed. This was engraved backwards, so instead of being recessed, it actually came out the front. And since you don't want to write the word God second, or on the second line, so actually the name of God was on top. So if you looked at it, it said the name of God, yud Hey vav Hey, God's name. And then below it said, Kodesh Le, holy to. Together, Kodesh Lashem, holy to God. And the Zohar tells us that there was a light emanating out of this forehead plate, that when people would see the light of the, uh, the divine light that was coming out of the tzitz, they would have this tremendous, overwhelming fear would come upon them. So much so, the Zohar says, that uh, they would fall in terror and their hearts would break. And this way, the, the uh, tzitz would atone for any chutbah, any lack of, uh, any chutbah, any brazenness that they would have expressed, the fear that they caused from the seeing the light emanating from the tzitz would cause them to surrender their hearts to Hashem, which is pretty cool. Now, how did he keep his forehead plate attached to his forehead? Have a great day. How did he keep it attached to his forehead? So there was three blue uh, strings. I think they were blue, if I remember correctly. Uh, turquoise, yeah. Three turquoise uh, wool uh, strings, two on the two ends, and one on the top going over his head. So there were three slots in the forehead plate. One on the two ends and one on the top middle. And he would tie all three around in the back. So the two on the two sides got tied into the back of his head like a turban. And the one in the middle, even if you tie it on the sides, you know, it'll slip. So the third one from the center went over his head, over the turban that we're going to talk about in a second, that went over the top of the turban. And all three tied together in one knot in the back. So we're going to soon learn that he would, the Kohen God was wearing a turban a hat. Below that, there was a space in this forehead for the tefillin. The Kohen Gadol wore the tefillin the whole day also. So the tefillin, and then below the tefillin was the forehead plate with the words Holy Tashem. So his forehead was pretty busy. A lot of stuff going on in that little forehead. I don't know a little, but I'm saying the forehead plate, the tefillin, and then the turban. Um, And this, it says in the Torah, that when he would walk into the temple with the forehead plate, it would be for a a, uh, to, to arouse the desire of God upon the Jewish people, and it would be an act of forgiveness, that if the priest had by mistake brought any offering that had become ritually impure unknowingly, you know, I'm sure mistakes happened in the temple, the animals were brought that people didn't know had become impure, were done in, you know, the wrong intentions or wrong, etc. So any mistake that was made by the priest in the service was atoned by this tzitz, by this forehead plate. Good? Okay. Then we have the four regular garments that we mentioned briefly yesterday. Now we're going to go drop more into depth into them that was worn by the Kohen Gadol and also by the regular priests. What are they? So first the Torah describes to us the, the, uh, the tunic. The tunic, as we discussed, it was made out of linen. It was, uh, re- had uh, checkers on it. It was a checkered design. It was just linen. <clears throat> it was one solid piece. 
It went all the way down till their feet. And then on top of them, on their hair, they wore a turban. The turban was the same idea as what the Kohen Gadol wore, but less elaborate. So I'm not sure exactly what the difference in Torah didn't specify. But it says that the, the turban of them was just like a turban. It was wrapped around, and the Kohen Gadol was more like a cone that was bigger. Um, and then they wore a gartel, a sash. In the, in the Hebrew, it's called a, uh, an avnate, which is a belt. We already talked about it yesterday. It was 16 amos long. That's long. So exactly like the gartel that I wear. I mean, that might not 16 amos long. That'd be pretty long. But the idea is it's not like a regular belt with a knuckle, with a, with a buckle. It's a long, thin, uh, you know, belt strap. Like it's made out of cloth, made out of this embroidered material that had sh- shotness in it with the uh, tor- the, with the, lid, tor- the the linen and the purple wool and the turquoise wool and the the red wool, all 24 or 28 strands with the gold, I guess. All in it, right? So they would take it and they would wrap it around under their hearts. In fact, we wear our gartel a little lower. The rabbit would wear its gartel very high, like this high, almost like by his, close to his heart, like under his heart, which is where the coin, the coin would wear it, high up, not like by their waist, to separate between the heart. That's the idea why we wear a belt. The idea of wearing a gartel, just to explain for a second, the idea of wearing a gartel, wearing a belt when we pray, it's in halacha. To have a separation between the higher parts of your body and the lower parts of your body. Now, by Jewish law, you must have a separation. You cannot pray with them exposed. Besides that, they're covered. There's be a separation. The belt that we wear on our pants, something like the elastic of our underwear, or even just the fact that the pants are shirt separate is a separation. So technically, halachically, you know, you can have a separation without a gartel. But we specifically put on the gartel as an act of preparation for prayer. And as you're putting on a belt, which the whole purpose of the belt is to separate the higher parts of the person, the heart, the mind, the, the you know the the beautiful, the unique parts of the human, and separate it from the lower below the belt, the lower parts of the human. So by putting on a special belt that's meant for prayer, it gets you into a headspace, into a mindset. And now I'm preparing for prayer. Now I'm separating the higher parts of me and the lower parts of me. So in addition to the fact that I'm wearing a regular belt that I'm wearing on my pants, I also wear a belt just like the Kohen wore in the temple that's separated above and below. That's the idea. That's the that's the halachic source and the biblical source that you have a gartel to separate, to prepare for prayer. Uh, so they wore this gartel, which was made out of a shatnis, 16 feet long, wrapped around by their heart. And by the way, in America, we also wear a gartel. Americans also wear a separation. Where do they wear a separation? No, besides for the belt. That, I'll, I'll be, it's a tie. In America, we wear a tie. It's a guy to separate between, in America, your brain. Your brain is considered holy. And the body, the heart is on the same level as the uh, reproductive organs and the uh, sexual organs of the body. My heart is as, as, as loose and as wild. But the brain, at least the brain is intellectual and holy. So that's the idea of a tie by your neck, separated above and below. And the Arabs also have a gartel, but I won't get into where their gartel is. Right on their turban, right on top of their head. That's where that separation is. Everything is below. Well, they don't wear ties. Anyway, let's just finish off. Let's finish off. So you have the, uh, the those three. And then you have, the Torah does not mention the trousers yet. I told you it's because of modesty. It says you should make these three. The kavod ultifaris, we already mentioned, both for glory and for splendor. 
Um, and then he says you should dress the sons of Aaron together also with linen trousers. Like mentioned, like as an afterthought at the end, that was worn directly on their clothing. There was nothing underneath that. So it was directly on their skin was the trousers and then the other clothing on top of that. As we're going to see, Moshe himself is commanded that he should be the one to dress the brothers, Aaron and his sons, in the clothing for the inauguration, which we'll discuss tomorrow. And then this will be an eternal statue for the, for the priests, that they should never come into the holiness to do any of the divine service by the Mizbeach without wearing them and their future generations without wearing these clothing of the coin. So in a minute, I'll finish off. I'll tell you a beautiful medrash that each one of the clothing of the priest atoned for a different kind of sin. It atoned for a different kind of sin. The tunic that the priests wore atones for the sin of bloodshed. Why a tunic? Because another famous woman was a tunic first mentioned in the Torah. When the tunic mentioned when the brothers of Yosef took their brother's tunic and they dipped it in the blood of the goat that said our brother was uh, killed. So the tunic is atones for uh, slaughtering the goat, the atones for bloodshed. The michnasayim, uh, the pants, the, the, the trousers, atones for immodest acts, for lewdness, for being immodest. I mean, it makes sense. These are covering the private parts of the person, and therefore this is their covering. This is atones for that. The turban on the fore, on the head, the, the on the head, atones for gaiva, for arrogance. The turban has to be, that's why we keep it, by the way, as a reminder there's something above us. So the turban is a atonement for the arrogance of a person. The belt is to atone for any bad thoughts, any impure thoughts that come into the heart, as we discussed already, the separation of above and below. So the tunic, sorry, the, the, the belt is an atonement for any machshava zaras, any impure thoughts that come into a person's heart and into a person's mind. The choshen atone for any civil neglect of civil laws, any uh, theft, uh, you know, damages, things that weren't properly paid for. Was atoned for for the choshen because it's called the choshen hamishpat, the, the breastplate of judgment. The aphod, which uh, was worn on the back of the coin of the apron, atoned for idolatry, based on the verse from Hosea that says that without the aphod or the trophim, the, the trophim was also idols. Uh, the cloak, the meil, the long robe that the coin got the war, atoned for lashon hara because it had the sounds of the bells on the bottom that made noise. So the noise of the of the of the meal atoned for lashon hara, and finally the tzitz, the lashon hara is slander, it's like gossip. Yeah, God. Well, the chazan invent lashon hara, and it's in. Um, and then you have the uh, the tzitz that's uh, worn on the forehead, and that atoned for brazenness. I said if uh, the idea of the metzah forehead is the idea of being brazen, which is also an act of immodesty, says in the verse the harlot's forehead. That's the story of the clothing of the Kohen and the Kohen Gadol. Yes.